Well, hello and good day, beautiful podcast family. What a privilege and honor to be with you as always. And wherever you are in the world, I'm sending you my prayers, well wishes, and good vibes. We've got an absolutely phenomenal episode of the show for you today. We have none other than Chris Duffin on. And we're talking about the path of excellence, mastery, and reinvention. This is one of the strongest men who has ever lived. But not only that, he's a successful entrepreneur. He is a biomechanics expert and an all-around very intelligent, hardworking person who has accomplished things that most people would think are are impossible since he squatted and deadlifted over a thousand pounds for repetitions. So this show is awesome. We touch on a lot of different things. We talk about how he uh, grew up homeless, uh, squatting and deadlifting over a thousand pounds for reps, uh, the story of the eagle and the dragon, life as an adaptation to the world, uh, breaking world records, his upcoming documentary, Grand Goal creating a vision, uh, the principle of the five S's, um, in all these other amazing things he did. So we go into entrepreneurship, we talk about biomechanics, we talk about health, we talk about juggling family and business, balancing extremes, and the value of, of chasing your goals. So this is an absolutely phenomenal episode. I know that you're going to enjoy it. And if you do, please share episodes far and wide, uh, leave a review on iTunes. And uh, if you want to support the show, go to mattbelair.com and uh, become a member by donation since Patreon is gone. Um, if you're interested in coaching the Zen Athlete, uh, some of the Atomic Alchemy, and you want to join as a guest, uh, just to be a mad at zenathlete.com. There are a variety of uh, programs for you as far as life purpose, the quantum heart hypnosis, the soul compass, and one-on-one coaching with me. So uh, if you're interested in that, just mad at zenathlete or go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. Uh, as always, the best way to support this show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. And uh, that's it. So just as a side note, uh, I am traveling, getting the house ready to sell, so I've had to take a little break on how many uh, shows I produce, uh, but we will be back uh, soon uh, producing tons of shows. There's some amazing guests coming up, so just want to give you a heads up there. So that's it. Um, Let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, contentment, strength, courage, faith, and get ready to enjoy this amazing episode with Chris Duffin. Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are currently overcoming extreme censorship. So if you want to support this show, please share episodes far and wide. Consider becoming a member at mattbelair.com. And most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest went from building his body to building a business empire. After becoming a superstar in the world of fitness and one of the most respected strength coaches in the world, he became a best-selling author and has created and turned around companies in multiple industries ranging from shoes and supplements to aerospace and high tech. Now retired from competing, he uses his MBA engineering background and hands-on knowledge to provide industry-changing innovations in education, entrepreneurial coaching, and leadership. He's an inspirational and entertaining speaker on topics related to self-improvement and motivation, setting and reaching goals, business success, human biomechanics, and much more. Welcome to the show, Chris Duffin. Thanks. Thanks for the uh, kind intro. I'm so excited to have you on the show, man. I reached out and, you know, became familiar with your work recently. And, um, you know, it's just extraordinary what you've done. And the more I've um, gotten into your story and your background, it just becomes more impressive. You know, some people are able to um, achieve 
amazing feats in, in uh, sports or strength as you have. Um, but then to tie that into business and with the family life, it's just something that's very rare in the world of, let's say, success um, and sports. So I'm curious if you can just uh, let the listeners who are unfamiliar with who you are and your work, a, a little bit of background on, you know, your story and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it, it's an interesting discussion because a lot of times people want to pigeonhole you as like, oh, you're the guy that's done this and that's all encompassing. Uh, when I, I look at things that I do in the accomplishments and the, my choices of my endeavors as ways to different ways to express my values. And so it's not a defining thing. Okay. I've squatted and deadlifted a thousand pounds. Nobody else has done that. And I've done it for reps. There's documentary movie and works about it. That doesn't define me. That's like one, one of the many things, um, you know, in other disciplines, I'm known as a, an authority around biomechanics and human movement lecture at the PhD level in chiropractic and physical therapy. And, um, but that's all like the later half of my career, the, you know, what I did earlier in my career was, uh, I'm a, you know, engineering and process, uh, I guess, improvement guy. And I developed where I was a corporate executive sought after to come in and turn around companies and prep them for sale, uh, do all sorts of things at that level. And this was with aerospace companies, automotive manufacturing, uh, uh, heavy, uh, heavy industrial equipment manufacturing, high tech. Uh, so it's a pretty vast area in the, you know, covering of scope of, 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 of stuff. Um, and the earlier part is even more interesting sometimes. And that's kind of the genesis of my best-selling book, The Eagle and the Dragon. So it's up on the shelf there. Guy without a shirt on, <laughs> cover this book. <laughs> My wife jokes, it looks like a romance novel. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but uh, that's that picture is taken actually out in the Eastern Oregon desert, and there's some significance to that because I grew up uh, homeless uh, in the wilderness. We're talking Northern California, Eastern Oregon. You know, a family family of seven surviving on $5,000 a year, foraging for food, killing animals. And in the Northern California arena, this was a very distinctly dangerous area that we lived in. This was very early in my life where my parents at the time were trying to, to make a, a living in the drug trade. And this was kind of more deep than the Humboldt County area where this documentary Murder Mountain took place. Uh, we were about 50 miles deeper and I'm telling stories in my book of dealing with murderers, dealing with drug running, drug abuse, and things like a serial killer, a human trafficking, some pretty wild stuff that, uh, that I've dealt with over the scope of my life. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely something else when you sit back and kind of reflect on it. Uh, for me, it was, you know, it was survivor mentality. So I don't really, during the moment of it, it was just, it was just life. And it was a different set of experiences. And I didn't really start like processing a lot of that until I was like in my mid thirties and I had my children and they're growing up at the same hitting the same ages. And it's like looking at my son at six years old and realizing, wow, at six years old, 
I was learning how to capture live rattlesnakes because there were rattlesnake dens all around and we were living in a, in tree forts with beams lashed up into the trees while my mom was pregnant with my sister, you know, that was, you know, she delivered by hitchhiking, you know, walking, hiking out to the main gravel road and hitchhiking in the back of a dump truck uh, down, delivered to the hospital in the town, climbing out the back and delivering my sister. Like this is, this is a different, different sort of world, right? And, and, uh, so yeah, I went from, from that to, uh, <laughs> had some stability in high school. Like, uh, honestly, the drug and alcohol abuse at the home was getting very bad at that point in time, but we actually had a home. We had a, a mobile home for the three years that I was in high school. So that was some nice stability. It was not really livable standards by most people, no kitchen, no doors inside the home. Uh, anyway, it was stable though. It had running water, it had electricity, and that was not something that I could consistently count on during the, the, the early parts of my life. And so I am performing really well athletically, academically, and I ended up getting a full ride uh, academic scholarship, pursued a double uh, MBA, or sorry, double engineering degree while I was going to school. I was working full time on top of that because there's no fallback plans for me. And then before I graduated, I started the process of taking custody of my three younger sisters because things had gotten way worse at home without me being there. And it was something I absolutely had to do. So I ended up raising all of my sisters from the time I was 21 till about 29, 30. Uh, while they ranged, while they were, you know, 14 to 18 years old, kind of moving through um, that timeline of their life. Yeah, so uh, seen a little bit. I haven't really talked about what I do today yet. So, <laughs> well, man, that that's uh, an incredibly uh, powerful story. Like just just to get to just to overcome that. And in the first two chapters of your book, you talk about embracing fear and handling pain, uncertainty, and loneliness. And maybe you can share um, a little bit on that because that type of upbringing, most people will, if they have a challenging upbringing, that will be the excuse for them not to achieve in life. And it seems that somehow you were able to respond to overwhelming adversity um, and use that. And then, you know, it's just so beautiful to hear about, you know, adopting your sisters, like it just shows on the, uh, the character you are, you know, and like in how you view life and how you see things. And I feel like that's really, um, it comes across in all your teachings and all your training. And as I've looked through your videos and how you speak, there's a, there's a deep sense of just integrity and value there. You know, it's not just about achieving success or doing things where, where people, if they've achieved your accomplishments, they might be like, Oh, look at me. These are the things that I've done. It's like, this is an expression of what I've done. You know what I mean? How can you apply that to your own world? So I think it's just a really beautiful philosophy. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, actually, so the Eagle and the dragon, by the way, is two tattoos that I have one that I had done, uh, just prior to 20 years old and the other one just prior to four years old. So the, the eagle is, this is to answer your question. Uh, well, I'll get there. But uh, is uh, I had two eagles, massive, uh, one across my stomach and one across my back. And they were sh trying to take flight, but shackled. And the chain ran down and shackled them around to my ankle. And that was a representation to me at that point in my life that the only thing holding me back at the end of the day, from realizing my capabilities, my strengths, exploring my po the possibilities in the world was myself. And not letting the environmental factors, the things that have happened to me define me, 
And in fact, nobody even really knew my story. It wasn't until I wrote my book that I really started sharing. That was almost another 20 years later, sharing my story because I didn't use that to, to leverage or do anything. I was just, just me. But I did use it for internal leverage. And it doesn't mean that you have to have some sort of crazy story to, to accomplish you know, wild things or phenomenal things. But it did send me on a path of introspection and understanding some concepts very early on that I like to share with people. And so, uh, you know, embracing fear, the embracing, the big part of that is, is understanding that life, human physiology or any biology is, is an adaptation to the stresses, to the demands of the world that, Life does not exist without it. You know, if you break your arm, what happens? Well, you actually impose some stress on the bone and it adapts and heals. But now we have our arm in a cast and it has no stress. And so immediately it begins to atrophy. You cut the cast off later and the muscle is atrophied. The bone is healed. Now, if I continued to leave the cast on for another couple of years, the bone would also atrophy become weak and brittle as well because we have to have these demands to stimulate growth and so this isn't you know we're talking about the physical nature of things right now but this is mental this is this is spiritual or emotional so it's this is all things body mind and soul that we have to have those things now there's a certain level base level so I'm not suggesting there's, there's types of stresses that are non-adaptive. Like if I'm training and get my joints in a bad position that they're, they're not able to accommodate to, it's just going to be residual stress that causes damage that I can't structurally, we don't adapt to the same thing can happen with trauma-based stuff. Right. And I've been through that. So I don't want to negate, you know, people that have been through those experiences, but it's been there and there's nothing it's already happened. So why not use that as you can to understand I've, I've overcome that I can now, you know, leverage and be more resilient because of that. It's just like a, a workout. You go in and you train that arm, you do a little workout, it gets stronger. It gets more adept to be able to handle more stresses in the future. It can take on more. This is a simple fact. And and, but we have to layer it. So you mentioned, hey, I overcame a lot. Well, it doesn't mean anybody that's thrown into that situation can, can initially not let that overtake them because we all have a different baseline level of resilience, physical, mental, emotional, all these sorts of things. So somebody with no training can walk into the gym at very different levels, for example, if we're talking the physical nature and withstand where there's certain outliers that can withstand a base level that would destroy most people, right? And these are usually your world champions, your Olympians and so on, right? But everyone can grow. Everyone can adapt. And that Olympian, if they never do it, you can, buy, you can bypass them because you can do that. So, so I got thrown into some pretty major chaos, trauma, all that sort of stuff. I probably had a higher level of resilience to start with that allowed me, but it taught me these lessons that don't be afraid of the fear of the, in fact, that is your opportunity when you see, you know, the twisting up in your gut, the things that kind of cause you a little bit of 
anxiety, fear, but also that mixture of excitement. Um, it could be a lot of things. So it doesn't mean, you know, going to the gym, it could be, it could be a, a difficult career choice. It could be the choice of what are you going to do when you're getting, getting censored? What direction do you go? Uh, it could be going back to school. It could be a hard relationship, you know, discussion with, with a spouse or um, a boss. It could be taking on a challenging project that's thrown out to the group that you're like, oh, you know, when you feel that, that's your opportunity. That's your training. How do you get more? I can't tell you every one of those is going to be a success. But the fact that you turned into it and took it on is going to lead to further success in the future. Okay. Now, this is starting to sound a whole lot like hustle and motivation porn type crap. And I say type crap for, for a reason, because it's like, just got to push and grind, 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 grind. And you'll, no matter how you work hard and you'll, you'll, you'll outwin everybody. Well, you know, if you, if you sit there and do, I do these as workout analogies because people, even if you don't train, can often uh, connect with the concepts. If I'm sitting here doing daily doubles at three hours a day, seven days a week, what's going to happen? I'm not going to have a chance to, to actually adapt from those workouts and I'm going to go on a the spiral down, right? So you have to take time. You have to have this, that ebb and flow, the yin and yang, um, you know, take, taking a weekend off is going to lead to you becoming stronger and fresher on Monday, pushing hard for six months and taking a, taking a week in Arizona to relax in the sun. You're going to come back better. Now, just like the cast though, if I went to, uh, uh, to Belize and sat on a beach drinking uh, Mai Tais for six months, what's going to happen? <laughs> I'm going to get weak body, mind, and soul. You could be a war hero from 20 years ago that saved a bunch of people and you can be soft. You can be weak and something happens in front of you and you freeze up and you can't take action and protect yourself and the people around you because you allowed yourself to get in that state. So these are tough lessons for life, right? Like the things I do now, I wouldn't have been able to do even when I was 20, even though I was a pretty damn capable individual, but I wasn't built to the level that I have now. Well, that's a really a great, rant. yeah, no, I love it, man. And uh, feel free to continue with the rants. Um, you know, there's so many different ways we could go with this, but I'd love for you to just briefly kind of speak about what you're doing now. So for people who don't know, like you mentioned, you squatted and deadlifted over a thousand pounds for reps, which is unbelievably absurd. The mindset that it takes to go through those waves of training uh, for the duration of time, for the setbacks, for the challenges, for um, all the mindset stuff that goes to achieve that kind of a goal is is superhuman. It's, it's unbelievable. I see it, you know, where in a, a little bit of a way, David Goggins kind of like he's go, go, go. Right. But you've kind of put a little bit more, I don't know, like Zen twist on it with the mindset where his is like, you know, his legs are going to fall off and he's just going to do another 10 miles. He's, he's a bit insane, but you've added a little bit more of a, a Zen philosophy to it. So do you want to talk just uh, briefly, uh, or as much as you want actually, but what you're doing now, like you've, you're successful in business, you've got multiple businesses going, um, you help people through mindset and all these different things, world-class coach. So do you want to speak a little bit about what you're doing now? And then we'll kind of dive into more of the mindset stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, for the video stuff, let's just go the tooting the horn stuff. All right. So, uh, <laughs> right there behind me, there's a Guinness world record above that, some product awards next to that. 
awards for scientific innovations. I've got some trademarks and patents and things behind me. Uh, there's just a sample of like the professional sports teams I work with. I work with all every single major league baseball team, 90% of the NFL, NBA. Uh, and I started on this path in 2015. I walked away from everything. I walked away from this high paying career that is successful at comfortable, had a house with a white pit fence, two beautiful children, a comfortable marriage. I was ranked number one in the world as a, uh, as a, is a power lifter and had been for years on end. And what did I do? I sat there and went, man, this kid from the sticks, I, uh, I proved that I can be successful and uh, live the American dream. And I'm like, but wait a minute, whose dream is this? Cause there's some things I just don't feel right about. And so what did I do? I sold my house. Well, actually home. So I had a few, uh, took out leveraged my, took out my entire 401k savings over the last 20 years, ran up all my credit cards, quit competitive <laughs> lifting, quit my job and asked for a divorce. Um, so yeah, I put a lot, put a lot on the line to make some change. And so that change was really around understanding my values. So I mentioned before, like accomplishments are a way of expressing those things that you want in the world. A lot of people want to jump to to goal setting and time management and all this sort of stuff. How do you do more? How do you accomplish more? Instead of understanding like who you are and how you want to live and the change that you want to bring in the world. And, and so sitting back and really understanding that stuff can help you then align what you're working on and cutting out the fluff doing less, but accomplishing so much more. It's not about time management. It's not about how do you get things done? It's how do, we, how do you choose what not to do and get alignment of all the things that are focused on the things that are truly important to the way that you want to live and the, what you want to accomplish in this world. And so um, I was missing some of that. So, um, you know, for me, I'll just run through some of my values, but you know, obviously we can kind of guess that a sense of challenge, a sense of accomplishment, like those are run pretty high for me, recognition. Um, so these are, you know, don't attach any ego to these things. Just be honest with yourself. But there's others that fall in there uh, that I wasn't uh, realizing, which is uh, having a, a creative outlet. Continual learning is a, is a big on my bucket sense of family notice the distinction between the word family so it could be sense of community this there's certain there's not necessarily there's a it's a feeling it can be a broader scope i'm giving you some words that kind of define each one of these <clears throat> and the ability to to inspire others to accomplish more that they than they think that is possible and in doing i knew that i had the knowledge to do so much more you know, saving aerospace, you know, an aerospace company, it's, it's rewarding. There's a lot of recognition. There's a lot of sense of accomplishment and challenge. There's leadership, which involves the, the inspiring other people. You do, you change companies by changing people. But the thing that I, I, I that was driving this is I was doing a lot of continual education uh, in regards to developmental uh, kinesiology, 
biomechanics, neurology, tons of stuff in this, this, this form with also having the lens of being an elite level athlete and the lens of being a, an engineer with a mindset of seeing uh, interconnected things. And so I knew that I could impact the world much better. And so I walked away from all that in 2015 and I wanted to bring people into my life that were focused on this same, this same goal, this empowering people to live a better quality of life through development of resilience. Companies are focused on the physical nature of it, but it started as just me uh, mid 2015. And since then has, has exploded to become, you know, an industry changing force. Uh, Kabuki Strength is an innovator in producing biomechanically sound equipment. We get joints in the right position, elicit different neurological effects as a result of it, ab ability to accommodate to variability of load. We integrate all the way through with concepts around uh, load and rehab and recovery that's into the clinical space. And it's these tools and these methodologies that were the impetus for some of the, the changes on the athletic side that I was doing. Cause I was, I was a, a well-accomplished power lifter, but I wanted to take it another level. I wanted to demonstrate what I talked and walk the walk, which is a big important thing for me is not just being a researcher and an inventor, but to be able to demonstrate. And so that's where the grand goals came from, this five-year process of chasing and becoming the, the, the first, uh, and I guess still the only uh, person to both squat and deadlift a thousand pounds and do it for reps. And I didn't do that by just being brute force strong and working harder than everybody. It was putting all this stuff together, incredible training methodologies and root uh, rehabilitation, pre, pre, prehab, the movement preparation tools, the tools that I was using for training, all this is to facilitate us to be able to adapt to the right and maximize positive adaptation and remove the stuff that we can't, which is then why in a matter of years, I start working with, you know, all these multi-million dollar, uh, you know, players on these teams because it's exactly what they want. What do you think you... You want, what's the shoulder worth on uh, all those MLB guys? A lot, you know? And, and so pretty rapidly started taking, um, uh, uh, you know, involvement in that. And so, so really today, a lot of what I do is just an expression of the things that I have seen and done and been successful at. So I've got a build fast formula, which is my supplement company. So that builds upon really good, solid nutrition, which we do. Um, man, I'm going through a lot of information here. So Kabuki, <laughs> Kabuki Strength makes the best biomechanically sound equipment in the world. And this isn't for guys like me. This is for everyone. This is for a 65-year-old grandmother that's never picked up a, a weight in her life, but is in back pain because and 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 crying because she can't pick up her grandkid you know yeah and this, this is, is so for, i was just gonna uh, sorry to catch you off but i just want to say for the people who like aren't like in the power building space which is extraordinary what you've done to have a high level or at least you know an above average level of fitness so you can do that in a safe capacity right it increases the overall quality of your life where then you can take that same energy to everything else if you have no health no quality of life and you don't know what you're doing when you go to the gym you injure yourself now you're sitting there nursing yourself and you're not going to be able to be in this imagination space and this expansion space. So I just wanted to kind of preface that with the things that you create. Thank you. Yeah. So Matt, uh, 
yeah, let me build on that just a little bit more too, because it's, you know, it's building resilience of body, mind, and soul. We've talked about kind of the, the mind and soul piece of it here and why that's important, but the body has the same exact mechanism. And if you neglect one area, you will not see the results in those other areas. It's going to hold you back. The person that busts their ass and pushes themselves at work and neglects their, neglects their family and neglects their health is going to the person that's the gym bro that so only focuses on their training and neglects those other areas of life, you're going to get hit. You need those in all areas of your life. Number one healthcare cost in America is not diabetes or heart disease or cancer. It's low back pain. And this is the stuff that we have an impact on and you can control yourself. The ability of getting out of your car, one day and twisting wrong and now you're taken out for a week or picking up a bag of groceries like this is if you're stronger being stronger makes you more resilient against injuries okay this leads to a better quality of life and but this is why i do what i do because strength training was done so wrong from a methodology standpoint and from the equipment that they were forcing people to use round peg into a square hole and and uh Anyway, and getting on a tangent, but that's, you know, equipment concept design um, that people would get injured from training. And I got associated with, oh, that was the thing that destroyed your knees and your back and so on. When in fact, it's the thing that protects your knees. It protects your back. It makes you live longer and healthier. My business partner is 73 years old. I started training him at like 58 or 59. He is a drug tested, either 198 or 220 pound athlete. Oh, he turned 73 two days ago and he deadlifted 523 pounds on his, on his birthday. Five, Holy two crap. for seven and three for 73, right? Wow. He did uh, 522 last year for 72, okay? Um, yeah, benches, you know, benches three plates over 300 pounds, squats close to 400 pounds. <laughs> and what, these 73? are- 73? Yeah, 73. And he's the youngest septed, well, he's the strongest septuagenarian that's probably ever lived. But this is, this is what, if he falls down, a lot of people at his age, they fall down and you're going to break a hip. And if you break a hip, you're going to likely die in the next five years. And they'll say at 70, don't squat, don't deadlift, don't do any of these things, right? Because you're, they, they kind of imprint, you're fragile, you know what I mean? You got to be safe. And it's a totally different way to, to see it. Uh, our audience that's familiar with statistics here. So um, I'll cover what it is, but in a minute, but his, his bone density is five times the standard deviation. So if you don't know what that means, that means that if you're an average height within a range, you know, average heights is 510. So one standard deviation is probably 59 to 511. Okay. Five standard deviations means that you're like over seven foot tall. Like that's how, how many people do you run across every day, right? That, that are that very, very rare. And so um, that's how much his bone density has changed. And that's a result of strength training along with many other things, but it creates physical change in the body. And so if he falls down, I mean, it's just probably in better condition than a lot of 20 year olds, even 20 year olds that lift weights because of this. So, so anyway, there's significant value in this stuff. So Kabuki strength does the, the equipment as well as coaching and education. And we drop tons of free education nearly every day. It's on the YouTube, on our, um, uh, the coaching, uh, Instagram, 
you can find this stuff. I'll, I'll give links later. Um, Kabuki Strength is the company. Uh, the set, the uh, so uh, supplementation, which is built on crop of good diet. So we do uh, um, uh, coaching and education on on diet for Kabuki. But my supplementation is Build Fast Formula, and then I also have a minimalist shoe company because the number one. So the number one, I look at things from a system of global priorities and global impact. So the largest global impact in the body is the ability to control and manage spinal mechanics. Okay. And that's the use of the diaphragm as it relates to um, the abdominal cavity and the, and how we pressurize that. And there's a whole lot of complexity there. We simplify it with Kabuki. Number one, spine has the largest impact. Number two is the foot and ankle complex. And we need to actually train and use the foot and ankle complex as well. And for some reason, we think of the, that as entirely different than the body. It's the area we need to mummify, pack up and deform and, and uh, that's going to make it better. We got to support it. We got it can't work on its own. Um, like everything else, if I wrap my elbow every day because it's sore, yeah, it'll, it'll feel a little bit better in a, in a couple of weeks from, from reducing the stress on it. But over time, what's going to happen? It's going to atrophy. The bone's going to uh, get brittle. You're going to end up weaker with more injuries as well as injuries are going to move elsewhere in the body because the arm doesn't work right. So you're just going to put stresses into other areas. And this is exactly what happens with the foot because we don't actually use and strengthen it. Um, we, we end up with a lot of back and hip and knee issues as a result of it. So, so it's the second largest global impact. And we, we actually functionally do the exact opposite with it of what we do everywhere else. So I've been promoting education and barefoot uh, methodologies around being able to do that for God knows how long. And people have always asked me for a shoe recommendations. I'm like, well, they actually all suck. And you got a few people in the space that are making somewhat okay shoes now in the minimalist market, but they're all designed for hippies and runners. And I think that there's a larger population of people than just that. I mean, I don't have a, I live in Portland, like I'm okay with, I'm not, that, that's not a knock, but what my point is, that's a very small market and everybody else has feet too. Uh, so, <laughs> and they're not designed as well as they should be either. So, uh, so barefoot athletics, B-E-A-R. So imagine a young kid running around the woods being chased by bears, me, <laughs> by the way, I was barefoot most of that time growing up. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> maybe that's where yeah, all the strength is. It's like, it's like foot strength. <laughs> well, it, 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 so it, watch my video. So all my deadlifting and squatting, you'll see that I actually do them barefoot and you can actually see the foot move and all, everything that happens in there. And a lot of people like to just without going too far down a, 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 a hole, a rabbit hole here. A lot of people like to go, well, a, a flat arch is, you know, a problem and has to be fixed, or this is a problem and have when in fact, that's not really the case um, necessarily. So it's ability to control and manage these complexes. Technically, I would have a flat arch. But if you look at the positioning and control that I have and the active control of the foot, it's just, you know, it's just like a different breast size. It's a different head size. It's a different, like, there's there's, there's differences there as long as we are managing supination and pronation and active control in the ground. And anyway, I teach all these concepts, but the point is you'll notice in the videos, my feet look different than most people's. 
They are much wider. They look like, and I challenge anybody that goes, you know, oh, you know, shoe problems are just because you're finding the wrong shoe. It's a sizing problem. Your foot is deformed and has been deformed because of poor footwear design uh, through your whole life. And just go back and find, go find your mom and she probably has your baby footprint somewhere and look at the shape of that. And that is actually the shape that people's, people's feet retain through life that are in indigenous cultures that, that don't have that. Now, you're going to listen to this and go, oh man, I got to go that direction. Maybe you're a runner. Maybe you're a hippie. It doesn't matter. Anyway, maybe you're a runner. And you go, well, I'm going to go get barefoot shoes and go running. Don't. But, but I just said they were better. Yeah. Remember the resilience topic that you have to acclimate and build to it? So what happens if you've never squatted before and you go into the gym and try to squat 225 for 50 reps? You're going to break yourself. Okay. Everybody's got a different higher level. Can't even do that now. But it's like strength training. <laughs> you, you come in and you start and then you add a little every week and you keep building. You're, you haven't used that. It's been packaged up for so long and you haven't used it. It's weak. It's control and functionality aren't there. And so this is a big gap in that market is the education around these concepts. And at the end of the day, it's like, it's not complex. Like wear it 10% of the time. Okay. Or don't buy, don't buy them. And let's just take your feet. You, if you're, you're capable of just take your shoes off 10% of the time and, and use them, do some calf raises, do some single leg work, do some stuff like you don't have to buy anything. Um, just go barefoot. Yeah, and you know, when you were, when you're talking about the, the shoe analogy and, and uh, like how it's deformed, I was reminded about the, I think it's the people in Africa, they put rings on their neck. Right. And then over time they have their long necks. And yeah. so, you know, we're, we're not even seeing this uh, harm that we're getting. And I think that uh, no. the most important thing that you shared of, among many uh, great things, you talked about who you are, how you want to live and what you want to bring to the world. And I think that those are so powerful questions are such powerful questions because then you use all the mindset, all the tools, all the goal setting. Once you have that deep level of meaning. And when you go into your businesses, like you talked about the spine and the foot, right? That's the, the reason why you're doing those things. And so it gives you purpose fulfillment, but also a big service to humanity, what you want to bring. And so I feel like that's really powerful. And I'd be curious um, your, your thoughts on like the starting stages for people. If they don't, they don't know how to do that, or they have like a secure job and a family and they don't know how they're going to make the money uh, part of it. You know, how do you, how do you kind of guide that type of uh, person into, you know, taking that leap of faith, you know, um, because in your circumstance, you've been able to overcome adversity. And like you talked about taking everything out and going all in a lot of people don't have that capacity. And it's pretty amazing that you uh, develop that type of um, just faith and resilience. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good question because I don't recommend this process necessarily of burning the bridges, right? That's something I'm acclimated to because that was my life. I had no fallback plan. And I learned that when you put yourself in the position of there is no way out, there is no way out. You have to succeed and it will drive you to do those things. But not everything is always going to be a success. The world's not fair. And so we have to realize that it doesn't mean that you can be super smart and work harder than everybody else. It means that it is really going to work out. So you have to be okay with those other outcomes, right? And we're, so I don't have necessarily a great set of advice there, but I can tell you, we're talking about like maybe somebody going after their own business or something like that, or um, 
is just uh, for clarity before I dive a little bit deeper, Matt. Yeah, you know, I would I would say a lot of people listen to this show, and I think in the world where if they're they're living a life that's you know not true to their values, right? And then if it isn't, and then they they see maybe an opportunity, like you know, to have one successful business by most people's standards is phenomenal. You know, and you've been able to do that in a variety of different ways. And so maybe they're thinking about how do I start designing and architecting my life, but then how do I balance that with, I got to pay the bills, you know? And so how would you recommend them getting very clear and say, you know what, then they're going to be willing to take those risks because if they're really motivated and it's coming from who they authentically are, I think they're going to overcome any challenge. But when we do it from a place that doesn't really have real integrity from who we are, I feel like we give up at that first hurdle. It didn't work out, but in your sense, right, you burned all the bridges and it's going to work, but you're also had that solid foundation of your why you wanted to bring it to the world. So you got a great idea or you see that, uh, you know, the, the, the value of business ownership is a great proposition. You want to move that direction. And so you go, you reach out to a person like me and you say, Hey, should I do this? And you're, (laughs) you're expecting to hear. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Get after this. (laughs) And what I have to tell you is, don't do it. It's, it's going to be, it's going to destroy you. You're not going to succeed. You're not good enough. Don't do it. Wow. That probably wasn't what you were hoping to hear, huh? (laughs) I feel sad now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the truth. Just don't do it. Uh, there's just the other side is hardship and pain. I'm telling you. Um, now I guess we could keep talking about that for a minute, but that's the honest truth. 99% of people aren't cut out to make that happen. And you want to hear that, uh, you're the one it's going to be different, but it's, it's not the case. And if you can't keep going down that path, you don't care enough you're not passionate enough around the why behind what you're doing to not listen to what I'm telling you, to not listen to the honest truth that I'm giving you because it's the honest truth, then you're going to fail. If you can't overcome some words like that, if you can't, because it, I'm telling you the truth, I'm not, so not, I'm not trying to now switch this into an upsell, but it, that, that's the reality of it. So anybody that ever approaches me with wanting to start their own business, that's the answer they're going to get. Like, don't do it. And uh, yeah, and, and I hope that they don't. Because if they can't, they shouldn't. Like that, I mean, that, does that make sense? Like, if, if you can't get yourself over that, because it's not this glory world, you're not going to start the next Google and be the next Jeff Bezos or anything like that. It's going to be hard. It's going to be years of working harder than you've ever wanted. You're going to deal with stresses more than you've ever dealt before. It's going to do these things. So if you're after trying to make a buck and leaving a, living a better life, you know, an easier life and getting somewhere, fucking run. Because not going to be that. Now, if you are really passionate about why you're doing the things that you're going to do and the changes that it can bring in the world, then it's going to be maybe worth that. It's going to be worth all the hard work and the stress and the effort and, and the downsides of, of pursuing owning a business. 
because the dollar is not the reason. The dollar is what facilitates the business to be alive so that it can make the change that you want to make. Business today in this world is the ultimate expression of art. Yeah, well, Michelangelo, what do you mean? Well, what I mean is, what is art? It's ability to, one, look into the future, right? And see what you want it to be or what's coming and mix that with like your values and what you want to present in the world in creating that vision and that change and sharing it with the world and reality. And we can do that with business in this day and age, making it the ultimate expression because now you're creating that both your values and the culture the internal culture within your company as well as the outward expression and putting that out there and creating the change that you hope to breathe and seeing the things that you want to see and presenting that in the world today that is worth it and it's going to be fucking hard and you should run away so <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, the, that, that, that's the honest truth. You know, people will want to, you know, sugarcoat and put some other stuff out there, uh, but that's it. So you better understand your values. You better understand your why. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it's funny because when you're doing it, I had a sense it was something similar that I do when I'm coaching where someone will ask me like, should I do this? And I just go, no. And then I just tear them down and then they're just kind of confused. And then I was like, it doesn't matter what I think. And you know, that example there, it comes back to that internal world. If Chris has to say, go ahead and do it, then you shouldn't be doing it. You have, it has to come from the Yeah, if you need me to be, be, to got your back, got the patting you on the back and pushing you around. You're going to fucking fail. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's got to come from you. Right. So that, and that's where that accountability comes from. And that's where your, um, you know, your strength and your will is manifest through the adversity that you go through. Because even if you had the best education, you got the loan, everything was all perfect. And then you're going to go ahead and do it. And you have the advisors. If you're actually doing it yourself, you're probably going to go through a lot of challenges and it's going to test your will. It's going to test your character. And if you're not up for it, you're going to fail. Even if you had all the support support, right? So it definitely has to come from the internal world. And I'd, I'd love your two cents, you know, in your book and in the things you speak about, there's so many topics that I'd love for you to speak about uh, for hours, but you talk about, you know, mindset and overcoming obstacles, obstacles. But um, the other thing that I think is interesting is how do we understand motivation and manifesting, you know, your will when you're, when you get to these, you know, places of, you know, okay, I've got this drive now and how do I access some of these deeper parts that make me like a champion that, you know, these character traits that make people excel. Yeah. So a lot of people, uh, I, I'm going to uh, tease on the people that fall for the hustle porn and motivation for and all that sort of stuff <laughs> uh, because it's, you know, posting some, you know, lion, meme and talk about how tough you are and you know looking at that poster on the on the wall or whatever it is that gets you fired up listening to that you know 30 second or 60 second uh speech on tiktok or instagram of your favorite motivational speaker getting you fired up is all temporary stuff and it's not going to last you for the long haul and so the long haul is what it takes to really bring about substantial change in oneself and in the world and this is, takes an entirely different uh, component. And in fact, it need, you need to take a step back and not focus on the end goal. Um, well, let me, let, let, me, let me dive a little bit deeper there. So you, you need to create what I call a vision. So a vision isn't just like, 
oh my God, I want to be an NFL player and a superstar, whatever this long goal is. It is everything that's involved all the way along, all the hard work, the struggle, the strife, the steps layered on top of each other and be able to envision that. And it's mass because that is what you're going to work on. And this may take a long, long time when you start like thinking that far out there, right? That's a vision. So don't be a fucking dreamer. People, you know, when I was in school, they tell you dream to be an astronaut, dream to be a whatever. Fuck that. Like, I know so many dreamers that I grew up with and they're still working dead end jobs, barely making it ends meet, wanting with amazing dreams. And they didn't take the action. They didn't take the steps because that's the thing is having a vision and a dream are two separate things. Now, once you create that vision, you really understand that. It's overwhelming to think about all that sort of stuff. And it can come crashing down on you at times. And when it does, you know, just like how big and how just it's impossible is this is where understanding that that's, you know, that is a North Star, for example. And we could tie that to our values as statements as well and consider this in this North Star, which this that term gets used a lot, I know. Um, I sound like some stupid business person. Anyway, but there's a reason I'm using that. So because what's important about the, the theory of the North Star is that every day you can get a little bit closer to it. And if it's so crazy over the top, like, or just like your values are a way of living, you can actually never get, like I mentioned my values early on. Those aren't ever things you can actually just say, ah, I've have it, I'm done. But you can always be a little closer. So you'll never reach it. So it's like, or it's, again, with, the, with this thing, it's just so far out there, you'll reach it, but it's going to be a long, long time. And it's making sure that all the steps, the things that you're doing every day are aligned and moving you there. Because it's those mini micro steps, the things that you don't take the chance to celebrate, the things that you feel like you're actually moving nowhere. But if you do that, you put one foot in front of another, and you look back five years, 10 years, 15, all of a sudden, you'll be like, Holy shit. This kid from the sticks right here <laughs> with, with no future. Literally as, just sticks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you know, uh, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, Hey, the rock called up. He wants another bar uh, next day or over here. And you know, Oh, Hey, you know, so-and-so at the, anyway, like how the fuck did I end up here? How did this happen? Well, it happened from one foot in front of the next. And what we find in life is that there's some big things. It's going to tie to uh, back to biology and the stress and adaptation for a minute. So we're going on a little bit of a journey here. But in your life, there are some biological drivers. There's some early on when you hit your teen years that really want you to, to have a level of independence and striking out on your own. And so you have the fear the anxiety, but the excitement and the biological driver to leave the home and get out on your own and do your own thing. And it forces you to do that. And then the same thing with meeting a mate, a partner, same, right? It's think about that, you know, that first date or asking the person out or wherever. And it's like this twisted in your gut, but you know, there's this thing that gets you there. And then there's 
having a child, maybe if that's in the works for you. And that's what you like, it's still, you're never ready for it. You know, it's like, ah, I'm scared. I'm excited. But then it's there. And that usually happens by the time people are 30 or mid thirties. And then that's where you see nothing happens. They got these big dreams. They got all of this stuff. But next thing you know, they're 65 and they turn around and it's like, well, the same place I was 30 years ago. I've moved nowhere. How did that happen? I'm on my deathbed. What do we know about the deathbed? The deathbed regrets. I wish I had done this with my life. I wish I had done these other things. I, I can't believe I wasted this opportunity of, of, this, of the, the, the most glorious thing in the world of, 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 of having a life. And because once we get through those biological drivers that make you force into getting into that unknown, that fear, that pain, the wherever, people will quit doing that. And they're, they're just letting life live them. They're, they've got these dreams, but it's like a week goes by, they don't take a single step. A month, a year, a decade. And it's so easy because you fill your life with things that you feel like you're like you're, you're accomplishing things. It's checklists and to-do lists and the, all this other stuff, but it's like, it's just fluff. And it's not just that one step, just one step is all I asked for today. A couple of years ago, I uh, decided I was going to squat 800 pounds every single day. It's a pretty freaking stupid thing. <laughs> um, I was actually recovering from a back injury. I'd had to learn to walk again had some nerve damage. It's in a walker. Uh, once I was actually able to get there and then like six months later, I still had drop foot and was struggling. And then I was on traveling and I decided I fuck this. I'm, I'm going to squat heavy. I haven't done this in so long because of the back injury. I did it. And actually I felt the nerve fire. It was enough demand. So bam, bam. I'm like, Ooh. And so I, it was 750 pounds. I squatted it for a triple. It was down in uh, Arizona. I think the next day I was in New Mexico uh, with some teams over there and I'm like I'm gonna squat again so I squatted 800 pounds and I flew back to Portland the next day squatted 800 pounds I'm like I'm gonna do this next 30 days you feel something but how it started doesn't have relation to how it was so every day I had this goal 800 pounds every day for 30 days raising money for the special olympics was uh, what I set out to do so I partnered up with them to promote it and about a week in, I realized just how stupid of a fucking idea it was. <laughs> it was brutal. <laughs> I'm like, I got done with my, I was in, I got done with my, my squat for the day. And I'm like, there's no fucking way. I went home, had dinner, chilled with my family, my wonderful <laughs> wife and my kids. I'm remarried by the way, love of my life, three kids. And um, my daughter's over here actually listening kind of. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm like, there's just no way, like I'm 12 days in and I got to go 30 days. I, I can't, there's no, it is impossible. It is impossible. I know what's involved with it. There's no freaking way. Well, just gonna, I'm just gonna go to bed and I'm going to wake up tomorrow. And just see how I feel one day at a time. And I woke up the next morning and I went, I can do one more day. I can make day 13. 
And I went through the whole day of preparation for it. I got the squat done. At the end of the squat, I was like, there's no way. I'm done. All evening, I'm done. I can't. There's no way I can pull off 30 days. Impossible. I'm going to go to bed after having dinner and chilling with the family and relaxing. And I'm just going to wake up tomorrow and see how I feel. And I woke up the next day and I went, I got one more day. I can do it just one more time. You see where the story's going, right? I did the impossible. I did something that I, that cannot be done. No one can do it. I can't do it. I couldn't go back and do it. It's impossible. <laughs> I squatted 800 pounds every freaking day for 30 days one day at a time and when i got done holy shit but each day was just one thing right so defining those values that vision but then taking a step back and just going what am i doing like this week or today that's that's moving me just a little bit that direction you'll find that there's so much in life that isn't aligned and a big thing i I push people is like not doing things, right? And so there's a process to that too uh, that I think I dive into in my book, but it's basically removing everything from your plate and then starting fresh and just pulling in just the things that you really need to do. Um, so the first thing is just elimination of everything. Start fresh. It's a principle called 5S. It's from the manufacturing uh, world from uh, post-World War II uh, in Japan. They use this part of a lot of the methodology from uh, Dr. Edward Deming and some others uh, to rebuild and become a, a global powerhouse <laughs> over the next uh, several decades. And uh, so, um, but the first thing, eliminate everything, find what you really need to do. Then from there, okay, how can I, how can I automate whatever it is so I don't have to do it, you know, like bill pay, for example, or something like that, right? And then the next one from that is, uh, how can you either delegate if you're in some sort of leadership management, whatever, or outsource uh, those type of activities again that are not aligned with that. And so that's my three-step process. But the first step is the most powerful because you you'll find that your your life is filled with things that are not part of really what you want. Their habits, their entertainment, there's whatever, and there's nothing wrong with entertainment. Like, hey, you want to Netflix and chill? That's cool. Like that is a value proposition for me and my wife, where we set aside time every, you know, every week to, to enjoy that for what it is, but it's not filler time. It's not fluff time. You know, it's not. Um, so understand how that fits. That's a pretty long tangent, but I think we covered <laughs> the scope of what you, uh, what you were talking about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a, there's a lot of uh, wisdom in, in those stories. Like um, it, I'm just reminded of the journey of a thousand miles, take a sing, single step. And um, you know, most people don't really think about what they can do in 10 years, right? Like that little bit time over time, like you're, you're going to achieve some great things, but it, it matters that you engage in the process and you take action because you know, when I work with people who are, you know, like, like you talk a little bit about legacy as well, you know, we think about five or 10 years, but what about 30 years of dedication towards an ideal? There's a story that I read about in the newspaper once about some guy, there's like this. You know, when oh, I started lifting 1988, holy crap. <laughs> when I started competing I, 2000, I was four. when I started my overnight <laughs> success business in the fitness world, I've been right. producing content online since 2006. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, overnight. Um, things exactly. are measured in much longer periods of time than people think. Yeah. yeah, and that's when you become the master, right? In your in your later years, maybe 10, 20, 30 years of doing something, you, you get to a mastery level. We have this culture who wants it very quick. So I think that those stories really illustrate how powerful that idea is. And there's that's the truth. Like you said, you know, if you just want these things, like that's not gonna be true. You have to have that internal drive, your own things aligned by your own definition, your own vision, because that's what's gonna get you through through all the hardships that are guaranteed. No, I, you know, anyone that, you know, that's been successful, has said they went through it and they're going through it and they'll probably go through it some more, but they've developed that resilience so that it's not going to stop them forever. Um, you know, I'd love to talk to you all day, every day, but I'm sure that you're uh, very busy. So I'll throw one last question at you and feel free to uh, share anything else you'd like to chat about. But one of the things that I liked um, about what you do is, you know, one of the things you talk about is juggling, you know, your business, your family, being a father, you know, how do you juggle all those things and, and live a life it would seem like overwhelming for most just to, to do one of them i find my process is very unique so it comes down to elimination again mm. it's about finding balance through extremes not through moderation not believing that putting time over here means taking time from over there because that puts you in a, a perspective uh around that and so you'll find people that try to achieve this moderation balance, work-life balance and so on. And, and if, you, if you're not engaged in life, if you're not engaged in your work, you'll find those same people are coming home and then they're not engaged with their family. And then the weekend comes and it's like, gotta go golfing or you know some, some drinks with the buddies or watching the game or wherever. And just like all these things will end up you know, it's like, it's give or take, I can, you know, I have to take from one to, to give to another. So for, for me, it, it is this, this alignment piece, and maybe not everybody can take it to the extremes that I have. But for my squat, for example, I used to, uh, to articulate this, because, you know, I, I love lifting analogies, right? If you haven't figured that out, I want you to have the absolute most perfect technique to chase perfection and people will go well that means i'm doing it with my body weight or just the bar or just a plate got to make it perfect and then i'll say i want you to put every last ounce of your soul and then some into it well you know forms to the wind you know it's just going to be ugly no i want both and if you chase both you'll find something beautiful in the middle and this is how you achieve balance through the the extremes so there's a couple things that happens there. One is it forces you to, to push a little bit more in each one of those to discover things that you didn't know. Like I, if I chase technique for perfection and I'm not imposing a demand that causes me to break down, I don't discover what perfection is or how to achieve it. If I don't chase perfection uh, form, then I'm going to have energy leaks and injuries and all sorts of stuff that's going to and you'll end up with this beautiful thing in the middle, which is what I did. Nobody, something that nobody's done before. Right. And, 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 but that goes beyond that. And so the other thing is it forces you to, you're pushing so hard in these arenas that you have to cut out things that don't work, that are not part of be, moving that forward. And it's really easy to find that scope creep 
So like in lifting, it could be, I read this article and it's got 20 different mobility exercises, movements. And then another one with all these, you know, I've been watching these YouTube's different exercises and you end up building like all this time that's constraint and it's taken away from pushing those things instead of like truly going, well, what's additive and what's not and what's helping me take one step closer to each one of those. And you can do the same thing in other avenues of your life. So for me, I walked away from, you know, the career that I had. I was at the time, my kids were getting a little older. They're going to be involved with sports. They were going to be, uh, the, I was going to be in this position of like, how do I find time for them? I have to take time away from my lifting or my hobbies or my, you know, what's going to happen. And, and when I struck out on my own, I knew what I wanted. And so that was to encompass and fill my life with people, this sense of family, this sense of community to bring and draw the people in that had those same values and same alignment. And who are those people? That would be the people that should be your friends, your community. I even drew an amazing woman into my life who then became uh, my wife and uh, mother of my, my third child. And as I do that, I work now harder than I've ever worked before in my life. But my, my work allows me at the same time to have more time for, for my family than I've ever had before. I woke up this morning, had breakfast with my, my two daughters, my wife and my son. And, you know, my wife might come visit me at lunch and I train during my work day so that when I, I leave here and I'm, I'm straight home. So I've added hours more per day to my family through this methodology because what it's done is it's cut out all these extra curricula. everything is focused and I don't need to go have these other pieces that are taking away because I've cut away the fluff I brought alignment of the things that are you know moving me forward in life so it's not again I I, I I jump on the time management thing because that's when I people come to me a lot. When how the hell do you you build vehicles from scratch? You you just added a a forty foot steel structure to the front of your house that you were talking about on the out front of this. Uh, I'm driving, you know, I'm inventing things with patents. I'm working with, like how does this? How do you how do you do so much? You must not sleep. And yeah, what is my sleep score today? Um, so you know, last night's sleep. Uh, time in bed, 10 hours. Okay. <laughs> I usually sleep about nine hours every night and it, and it's about chasing the extremes forces you to cut the things that are not aligned and chasing the extremes. You do know a couple of these things, but picking these things that are supposedly diametrically opposed that, you know, you truly want in life and push those and it forces you to find the other things that aren't really values, the things that aren't tied with it. So it's another process, a way about going around it. It's a very unique one. You'll probably won't hear it from anybody else. Um, I've never, <laughs> I've never heard it before. Um, and uh, I'm actually working on my next book and I have had somebody do some, some research and in all the business books out there, nobody's really talked about this uh, concept of, Chasing balance through the extremes. 
Amazing. Well, I love that answer. And I love that you, you know, value your family and have time for that. So uh, just thank you so much for chatting today. Uh, Before we close it, is there anything that you wish that I'd asked or that you want to leave the listeners with? Um, I have so much more information the way I want to help people. So uh, (laughs) I've created a single point of, you know, there's a lot of stuff. There's social media handles that you could follow where I'm dropping content. There's different businesses. Just go to chrisduffin.com. It's like muffin, but with a D, Chris Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N.com. Sign up for the email. So on that website, you'll see the, the trailer for the, the movie that's coming out. You sign up for the email, you're going to get for free. Well, you're going to give me your email, um, but you'll get the first part of my book absolutely free. You can get uh, the Audible as a free download uh, via my site too, if you want to. Um, but there's links to all the businesses. You'll be signed up for exclusive uh um, discounts as well as exclusive educational content through uh, those mediums if you sign up on there and it seems like there's something else there but um, that's the that's the great point of reference yeah it'll link you to all the the social medias as well but just go to type in Chris Duffin and whatever your favorite platform is I'll probably pop up uh, I hate to complicate it with avatars and whatnot the ones I I'm on the most would be that I interact the most on are probably LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, I know LinkedIn sounds a little weird, but I deal with you know, a lot of professionals uh, out there as well. So not just the, not just the social media influencer stuff. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, um, that uh, that's, that's the go-to resource. Go do that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so um, yeah, I highly invite you guys to check out chrisstuffin.com. There's a ton of resources, videos, interviews, all kinds of fantastic knowledge, not just um, fitness and nutrition and training and health, um, mindset and so many other uh, business and, and other topics. I invite them to check out your book, which is phenomenal. And um, did you say that the Grand Goals is now funded and coming out? Is that is that a done deal? The trailer's on there. It should be coming out uh, in June. So we're still awesome. looking on. Um, we've got a producers that will get it onto Netflix, but we're looking yes. for a larger house that can that can hopefully get it. Uh, What's bigger uh, than Netflix? I'm trying to now. push on some of the people <laughs> that I know uh, that do that sort of thing. Uh, but really, we got to get it finalized to show them at this point. Uh, so we'll see uh, see if we can take it a little bit further. Amazing. Well, congrats on all your uh, well-deserved success. I appreciate your time today. Again, I invite the listeners to go check out all your work because it is phenomenal. And just uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It's been a blast. Great interview. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Thanks guys for listening. Peace. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Chris Duffin. If you enjoyed the show, please share it far and wide. Uh, Support Chris. Let him know that you enjoyed the show. Check out his website, his Instagram, and all his social links. Um, If you want to become a member for exclusive content, go to mattbelair.com. You can join by a small donation or even for free. And uh, that's it. So thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you sincerely wishing you all the best. And uh, let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close this show. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, confidence, worth, faith, courage, and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.